Blog Talk Radio. talk about it right now. <laughs> well, 
you can I know oh I saw some of your video you posted today so I you, yeah. people can go find out how you're actually feeling but uh you know yep. but you're here and we have a good yep. fun subject to talk about tonight so that'll be awesome uh, and I hope people uh, that I'm sorry for the weird start if there's people listening tonight but once again we are live and if you want to talk to the sexy witches the call in number is 646-716-9172 once again, it is 646-716-9172. The Sexy Witches are looking forward to your call. And also, uh, we're going to talk, we always do an episode or two in August, because I'm usually working on uh, other things, getting ready for October. So we take a, a break from horror for an episode or two and do Animation August. And today's Animation, or this year's Animation August, is actually related to a brand new series that dropped on Netflix last weekend, Disenchantment. And we're going to talk about the art of Matt Groening for a little while and how we felt about growing up with him. But basically, Matt Groening raised us as kids to who we are now. If you think about how there's always been some element of Matt Groening in, in my life at some point since the 80s. So it's kind of amazing what an influence this artist has had over the years. So we'll talk about the disenchantment, give a review of that, and also talk about, like, The Simpsons and Futurama and Life in Hell and all that fun stuff. And then um, tonight, later on, I'm going to let the sexy witches go home for the evening a little early because I'm going to play at a half an hour. It's about 27 minutes, uh, the panel at San Diego Comic-Con for Bob's Burgers that I got to uh, participate in. I got to ask a question of Christian Shaw at San Diego Comic-Con this year. So it'll be a nice, fun listen. It was a great panel. Uh, if you want to, I come in around the 22-minute mark. Uh, so uh, please, so join us and call in and talk about how you feel about these subjects. But first, we have some house cleaning to do. So, Queenie, do you have uh, anything you need to report since the last time we talked? No, sadly, not really. Not really? I, no, I'm just doing my YouTube stuff, that's all. <laughs> it, last week was really shitty for a lot of people, and that includes myself. And, you know, you saw a small taste of it. I'm not going to go into it now, okay. but... Everyone was suffering yeah. last week. I mean, I can't believe what kind of crap was going to it. When it came to, like, high-profile deaths, boy, did we take a hit since Aretha Franklin. It just keeps going. And, and um, a lot of people, like, John McCain deserves, you know, to be the attention he's getting because he's a senator and all that. But buried under all that, um, Neil Simon also passed on Saturday at 91 years old and as a, a former actress and, and there was a time where all I would read his plays. I refused to read anything else. Uh, Neil Simon had a huge impact on my life growing up and so it, it's you know like losing your grandfather, your wise grandfather that survived all these things in New York over the years. Um, I'm really bummed that he's passed. So rest in peace to Neil Simon. Uh, so on a cheerier note, Queenie, we need to cheer you up a yes. little bit. Well, at least we'll cheer, we'll cheer ourselves up. Um, I had a dream come true happen. One positive, amazing thing happened oh, since we've been on air. Uh, last oh. time we were on air, we talked about that the FP was 
was going to play at the Nightmares Film Festival in October 18th through the 21st in Columbus, Ohio, which is like the first official announcement. Well, there's been two more announcements playing in Charlotte, like the second, the last week in September, but also like a week before that, it premieres, get this, hold on to your butt, Um, we're premiering Fantastic Fest. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the FP2 got into Fantastic Fest and it opens. I don't have an exact date yet, uh, but it's go to Austin, go see the movie. And, you know, Fantastic Fest, as you know, is a bucket list item for me. I would love to go to Fantastic Fest. And, you know, I don't think... I don't think I'm going to be able to do it this time around. I'm, but it looks like I could possibly make Columbus, which I think is awesome. I'm going to try to make Columbus and Nightmares. But it's a little bit easier to drive there than it is to Austin. Uh, but to have a film that I'm even loosely associated with playing in Fantastic Fest is pretty freaking cool. And in the same year, here's something geeky that I have to think about. You know, I don't do much, but occasionally I, you know, I give some money to a film here and there. Call Girl of Cthulhu played at San Diego Comic-Con while I was there twice. So, Hi. you know, I, I, that's kind of amazing. Two films that I'm associated with uh, have been playing at, film, or playing at film festivals this year, and not small ones either, like real film festivals. You know, San Diego Con Con is not really known for its film festival, but it does have one. It's kind of interesting. It plays a lot of retro films and stuff. And it was, um, Call Girl Cthulhu was like in a really nice lineup of Lovecraftian movies, which I thought was pretty cool. So, um, so there's some hot, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And, you know, so that was definitely a positive. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, it is. Um, but I'm sorry that you're going through a lot right now but the show must go on as they say and we got to keep moving (laughs) you know like i said we're we're like sharks if we don't keep moving you got to keep moving so anyway um there's no alternative really uh okay i hope we get erin marie back because i'm kind of stalling because she was supposed to open with a quick uh, yeah a 10 minute like recap of uh, Monster Mania 40, which happened in Cherry Hill, New Jersey over the past weekend. And Aaron, we actually came for a visit and stayed at the house because uh, we're a couple hours out from Cherry Hill from here uh, and came back, you know, used us as a, as a base of location. And uh, so far, though, I do know that the reviews from Monster Mania uh, are, are you still there? Yep. Queenie? Okay. I heard a weird sound. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, I just heard a word thump and it made me nervous. Uh, so, um, Monster Mania supposedly ran a lot better this time around because I don't know if you remember the last time, um, the the one in the spring, there was that whole fire hazard closed down the whole thing for several hours fiasco. Um, none of that happened this time around and it ran a lot more like it normally does, except for there was a lower turnout, supposedly. Um, I do know that much. But I was hoping Erin Marie would call in with a recap and talk about it, and hopefully she will. And if she doesn't, we'll just still air until um, until Aaron Kogan, our L.A. correspondent, my cousin, calls in to join us. So there will be a trio of sexy witches for the next segment, I promise. Okay? <laughs> so, okay. Um, okay. 
I'm trying to think. What can I say? It's 10-11. I'm trying to think. Oh, ooh, who we got? We got. Okay. Let's see if that is. Let's see. We got a call. Let's see what happens. Hello. You're it's on with the sexy. Baby. You're on with the sexy <laughs> witches? Yeah. Ah. Hey, she made it, everyone. <sighs> Yay. Where witch? You need to howl for this one. She's on. She's on. <laughs> All right, Can we'll I that. that's you? good enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, Sorry, well, welcome. Yeah, spoons are low. Spoons are low tonight, but we'll get through this. And like I said, I'm going to let both of you off early tonight because at 1030, I'm going to play it. Uh, I'm going to play the panel at Bob's Burgers from San Diego Comic-Con. So, um, uh, but welcome to the show once again, Erin Marie. I don't know if they heard you or not when you called in earlier. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, so perfect timing. Before we get into the Monster Mania recap, is there anything else you need to report? No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm mentally exhausted and can't think of a thing. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, well then let's go straight into 913. Okay, let's go straight into Monster Mania. So you were just at Monster Mania 40 this past weekend or so. Yes, I was. I magically made it. <laughs> and and uh, you I mean how that was. I mean, Queenie, it wasn't magically make it like she really was magic cuz she drove across country, <laughs> stopped at our house and then drove to Monster Mania. Yeah. So and then drove back to my house. I, I, <laughs> I started my day on I started my day on Monday. I drove to Colorado to Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, left Colorado to Indiana. Indiana Thursday night, and <laughs> her house on Friday in Maryland, and then up to New Jersey on Saturday. So it was quite an adventure. <laughs> and the very first thing we did, like the Monster Mania lines, were. So so good this year or this convention I won't say this year because we all know how it went in March but because of that a lot of regulars stayed away and it made it a lot easier to maneuver I'll tell you that we made it right into Billy Zane's line like within 15 minutes of getting there we parked and ran in <laughs> that's impressive yeah he was he was charming as fuck too and one of the only high profile celebrities I have ever seen actually hang out at the bar which was amazing. Um, and so you, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we had Andrew McCarthy and Rob Schneider and Polly Shore and Henry Thomas, Dee Wallace, Doug Bradley, like almost every single iconic horror icon. I mean, to say iconic and then icon, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, Doug Bradley and and Kane Hodder and Robert England and Nick Castle, like you had Jason, Michael, Freddie, and and Pinhead all in one place, and it was just a a really good good day. <laughs> well, I might have to convince you to come down for the Maryland one. <laughs> they announced um, well, last week. Hard. <laughs> well, it, that's that you know I'm go I'm gonna go up for the day. Um, and that's it. in the end of September, I believe. Yeah, end of September. Um, they announced the photo op. You know, I was I was debating because I still haven't met Robert England yet, and he would be the one photo op I'd want, right? 
that I haven't actually yeah, gotten. They're doing, though, and this is what – I didn't really want the Kane Harder Robert England one. I really don't want Kane Harder to cover his face. I have no interest in that. Um, but they announced a Robert England Heather Langenkamp photo op. That is something I would do in a heartbeat. <laughs> so I'm actually well, thinking – I already of, have Robert I already have Robert England by himself, and then, of course, I also have Robert and Kane, so Robert and Heather would be the next logical jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I love, I have pictures of Heather Langenkamp. I've met her a couple of times, uh, but I, I would, that, would, that one would be awesome, because Heather Langenkamp is my favorite scream queen, and, and Robert England, well, it's Robert England, you know, uh, I, would, I would just yell at him and go, eat alive! <laughs> That's all I would say to him. <laughs> But, you know, it still cracks me up about when you watch Death Trap, a.k.a. Eating Line, the video nasty. When Robert England is your hottest guy in your town, you have to question where you live. That's all I have to say about. <laughs> I like him, too. Don't get me wrong. I would hook up with Robert England in a second. I'm just talking about the character in Death Trap. It is very amusing. So, so what else did you do? You saw some celebrities and took some pictures. Uh, did you yeah. buy some stuff? Yeah, well, I I got some autographs. I I got my one Andrew McCarthy autograph, um, and my sister got Billy Zane. And Billy, not only like she brought her because she got Christy Swanson um, at the Monster Mania before, so she had one from Phantoms, and it had both of them in it. But Christy had pretty much like written over the entire thing. <laughs> it was like this huge signature, and so she bought one from Titanic. And she held up the other one. She was like, I just figured you wouldn't have anywhere to sign. And he was like, give that to me. I'll do it. <laughs> he said, I'll find somewhere to fit it in. So he gave her an autograph for free. Um, he was surrounded by a gaggle of women at the bar, of course, which was entertaining enough to watch. And then he actually ducked out and went to Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I found extremely cool. Um, my sister said she watched him dodge a girl at Rocky Horror, which was hysterical. Uh, the girl he had been sitting with apparently the entire time one that had followed him from the bar after Rocky Hara let out they were headed towards the bathroom in the corner and then she went in the bathroom and he ran super quick the other direction (laughs) but me I got an amazing experience probably my best convention experience at that monster mania and I was only there for the day and that was my through over three hour conversation with Henry Thomas, which was oh, yeah. phenomenal. He told me so many. I mean, we talked about working with Steven Spielberg. He said that he went to audition for Elliot on the set of Poltergeist, and he was present the day that they filmed the pool scene. Nice. So he was. He was actually on the set of Poltergeist quite a lot when he was just nine years old. And, you know, I had to ask him about that, of course. I was like, so, did Toby Hooper really direct it? Of course we all know the answer to this. And he goes, uh, Steven Spielberg really liked control. And I was like, yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> I still say what you want. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I still see uh, if you watch Poltergeist, you can almost see 
where Toby Hooper begins and Spielberg start takes over. You know, you can oh, kind of see the, the scenes are any, of course they shoot everything out of sequence, but you can tell when, cause Toby Hooper's style of directing is very specific. If you know, he does his characters do certain things. So anyway, go ahead, keep going. Talk more about Henry Thomas. Oh my God. Yeah. I, he told me so many things, which was incredible. Um, like you said, uh, Drew Barrymore, because she was six years old at the time. So she was a typical little girl. He said she would go in um, and every week just pick someone from the staff that was like, you're my boyfriend this week. And she actually took his picture to her first grade class and introduced Henry as her boyfriend to everybody. Um, he talked about working with Colin Firth. Um, right. which was, you know, of course, incredible. Colin Firth is husband. Um, and he said he was one of the most charming and, and kind people he had ever met in his life. Um, I mean, there's so much. I'm trying to recall it, but it was an incredible night. Literally, his manager had come out at 3.45 in the morning to go, Henry, it's time to go inside if you want to be able to sign autographs tomorrow, man. <laughs> Which was hysterical because I actually saw one of our friends on Facebook um, post a uh, picture of him signing his artwork from tea. And I was like, Henry looks super freaking tired in that picture. Did you get that on Sunday? And he was like, actually, yes. I was like, I figured because I had him up until 4 a.m. <laughs> well, that's so fun. And I'm so glad. And, and I saw the picture. And, yeah, you know, it's funny because um, – I, I forget. So I was like, that doesn't look like Harry Thomas anymore. It totally does. You see it in his eyes. They haven't changed a bit. It really does. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I talked to him about working on Gerald's Game this year because Gerald's Game came out at the beginning of the year. Uh-huh. And I said he had a really great creepy turn as the, you know, the pedophile dad. That uh, he, And I asked him how he was able to handle a role like that, and he literally, his face just went down. He said that role – hurt he said when mike flanagan calls and said i want you for a project he's like sure man anything he said he had to go home and and drink every day after playing that role because he has two daughters and he couldn't possibly imagine so the psychological damage from that was was a little extreme Um, he also said he also said that mike flanagan who is directing Dr. Sleep, wants him in the role of older Jack Torrance. Nice. And he actually, he actually showed me a picture in his Jack Torrance makeup. Cool. That's I mean, it was, it, was, it was cool. He did really look like an older Jack Nicholson. And, of course, he was wearing a bartender's uniform, so he's going to be, you know, the ghost in the hotel now, which is just Cool. Uh, Michael Flanagan is doing a TV, a 10 episode series, a horror drama very soon. It's supposed to come out in the next, uh, within the next year. I'm so Great. looking forward to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy is fucking talented as hell. So I'm looking forward to it. I forget the name of it. I don't even know if it has a name yet. I know it's going to be on. Oh, it, yeah. I know it. It's The Haunting of Hill House. That they're, they're, that's oh, what yeah. They're yeah, that's what oh, it that's is. I, I did read about it. that. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board. So for that, I had to think of the name of it. I was like, what 
the fuck was the name of it? Yeah. So yeah, that's the haunting of Hill House. Yeah, so. um, Henry said that if he gets the Doctor Sleep role, that this will be his fifth Stephen King adaptation, and he still hasn't met the man. Samantha Mathis oh told me a chiller last year that he, it took her three Stephen King projects to meet him. And Henry was like, I've been in four, and I still haven't. <laughs> oh, no. We got to fix that. Stephen King, yes, please exactly. owe me Henry Thomas. He earns it at this point. Yes, yes, please, please. Oh, my God. He's the Stephen King universe at this point. Hardcore. Uh, it's so cool. Um, so, yeah, um, that the Henry Thomas thing was awesome. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh I mean, you weren't over shenanigans because you came home early. I I did make him laugh really hard. I don't don't know if I want to tell that story or not, but it's funny. Oh, that's up to you. I mean, you're the sexy porn witch, so all bets are off usually. Well, exactly. So we we were walking into the hotel to go use the bathroom because we were just taking a bathroom break because we had taken up a bench around the corner where like nobody was bothering us and we were walking through the, I don't know, what do you call it? A foyer? You know what I'm talking about? The, the doors and the breezeway. Whatever. And uh, I had said something, he said something about being 46 and taking any kind of action he can get or, or not action, but um, excitement, you know, staying up late for him and and I was like, well, on my 39th year, I decided to knock off everything on my sexual bucket list. And he turned to the person behind him. He's like, what the fuck is a sexual bucket list? He looks at me. He's like, what's a sexual bucket list? I'm like, everything that you've ever wanted to do sexually. And I was like, I've knocked off everything but one. And of course, he asked me what was on it. And I told him. And he said, what's left? I was like, well, sleeping with a celebrity, of course. <laughs> And he doubled over in laughter. He thought that was hysterical. A woman actually walked around the corner who I'd never seen before and gave me a high five and said, that was fucking great. I I heard the whole thing, and and that was (laughs) well-timed. Yeah, you did tell me that story. It's a lot of balls, but it sounds awesome. I mean, I'm sure he remembered that, too. He's going to remember that. Yeah, she said, sleep with celebrity. So that's so funny. Well, I'm glad you had a good time (laughs) this year. You know, living up to the sexy porn witch name. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it was an amazing, much better than ours. Yeah, so that's fantastic. And so um, the next thing, if you do anything, is is going to be, and we don't know, because you, you you're coming on through to visit in a couple of days again. Uh, you're going to yeah. help me with, with some stuff. My third time in my, my father-in-law is moving in, so I need a little bit of help. So you're going to come and help help and then you might go while you're here for a night up to Italian Splatterfest at the Colonial oh, Theater. I, wish. I, I don't think I can budget it but at this point it feels like it's an annual pilgrimage I have to make. Well there might be an alternate thing we can do closer into Annapolis that I'll tell you when you're here but uh, you know but there, but even if you can't Damn, go we would. One of my favorite video nasties. 
Yeah, but hi, we both highly recommend going because it's one of the few times you get a nice Italian horror showcase. And this year's lineup is pretty darn good. It has the, includes the Black Cat, which was, you know, rest in peace, Dr. Terror, James Harris, one of his favorite films. He lo- it was his favorite Fulci, actually. Is that a Fulci movie? I think it is a Fulci movie. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah so yeah. that's pretty awesome. Uh, and so, they're also doing Mario uh, Bobbitt's Black Sabbath, um, Pentacles. I can't remember what the the fifth one is. It's something in the dark. I'm going to look it up because I should have had it already up, and I don't have my notes. I'm really professional tonight. The Black Cat. I would love to see the, the, whatchamacallit, uh, the second one you said. I'd like to see that one in the theaters. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Here we go. Do, 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 do. Tentacles. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen Tentacles. Have you ever seen Tentacles, Queenie? You might have seen it. So I have. I really wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I. It sounds like something we'd all like. I mean, it's you know, it's a Bruno oh, Mattei yeah, movie, yeah. right? No, no, but they are playing the Bruno. Like it's not Henry Fonda in it. I think. Yeah, it does. I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, Tentacles black, with Henry Fonda and John Huston. Mario Bava's is Black Sabbath, which is not the first time they've played it. They've played it before. Um, Bruno Matai's Terminator Aliens mashup. Um, Shocking Dark, which is like, you're going to love that one. Um, Lugia Cozy's Contamination, which I have never seen all the way through. And that is one of your favorite video nasties. And it's a goblin score. So that alone is reason to watch it. And then Lucio Fulci's The Black Cat which is, I believe that is Pino Diodajo's score. Is that right? I think it's Pino Diodajo's score, um, which is a really good score. So I highly recommend. You know, I'm not you great know, with scores. I, I, you know, well, the Italians only have a few really amazing scorekeepers. You know, you've got, and they all kind of, Rugger Diodato, who did uh, Cannibal Holocaust, he comes up. And then you got Riz Orloyantani, and then you have, uh, you know, and then you have this guy, and of course Goblin, uh, you know, so uh, Pino Diodaggio, and then Fabio Frizzi, of course, right, who did Zombie. Do 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 do. I could do that all day. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let me bring on our uh, correspondent from LA. Here he goes. Uh, um, you're all with the sexy witches, Aaron Kogan. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you all Woo-hoo. tonight? It's much better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, trying to remember I, uh, who did the score. Hold on. Go ahead. I just got done. I know we're doing animation August in a little bit. I just got done watching uh, the latest episode of Our Cartoon President, and I'm so sorry, but Trump blew up the National Archives. I'm I'm so sad for you. Oh my God! Wait, when did this happen? <laughs> no one noticed. Um, Have you seen our cartoon well, president on Showtime? Oh my no. God! It's so good. It's um, hysterical. I'm sorry, but Trump but got Eric... his parade. He got his military parade, and he was in a tank, and he asked the crowd, "So you want to see what happens when I fire this thing?" And he did, and he blew up the National Archives. Well, I'm glad I took the day off from work today, then. I was sick today, so 
so <laughs> I'm not there. And Paul's in California, so uh, you know, moving his dad across country. So uh, right. you know, we're all safe for now. So <laughs> all right, I'll have to watch that. I always like to watch like when archives or like old buildings. One of my favorite things that I've ever seen blown up that I had worked for um, is is Harryhausen's aliens. Uh, I mean the uh, Earth versus the flying saucers. When they attack oh, DC, yeah. um, they actually there's a shot of them blowing up the old post office tower, which was where I used to do mm. tours. One of the best views of DC, right? The bell tower. It's where the congressional bells are, which is now renamed and sold to Donald Trump Hotel. It's the hotel uh, downtown. But in yeah. that movie, it was blown up, so <laughs> it all comes full circle. It is really weird to look at the Trump Hotel and go, you know, I used to work up there <laughs> in this tower. You know, you know, they used to be a kick. They had a, um, it wasn't a great place, but they had this like lunch, you know, like the international market thing. And I worked there still mm. before they turned into a hotel, and they had a sushi bar, and it was like the secret sushi bar. Like it, it looked like one of those mm. icky ones, and and it wasn't. Oh my god, I went down there all the time and just I learned I ate so much about sushi when I worked there. <laughs> so <laughs> good times. I have very very fond memories of the building, and and it kind of bothers me a little bit anyway but that i digress see look you got me aaron kogan immediately got me thinking of politics as soon as he calls thanks thank you appreciate that <laughs> you're welcome so, well, you know, well animation is relevant yeah well yeah. you know it is it is animation august and it is an animated show so it counts uh but we actually really want to talk about I would say that all of us uh, have been affected in some point by a Matt Groening property. And I thought since this enchantment was, was premiering uh, and they're talking about maybe a couple more final episodes of Futurama, I will always take Futurama specials. Always. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Always take Futurama specials. Now my dog uh, is named after Futurama. <laughs> you know, uh, but Disenchantment was uh, dropped on Netflix, and it's not the full season. A lot of people don't realize this is only part one. Yeah. It was actually a 20-episode um, 20 arc, and they just dropped the first 10 episodes. And in, episode uh, five. Oh, so they're, and for, the, when are the they planning on dropping the other 10, do you know? I three to six spring. months is what they're talking. Yeah, I think they said something about springtime. So, uh, yeah. you know. It'll probably, I have a feeling they're going to drop it right before Green Game of Thrones. That would make another year. Yeah, so. Yeah, I was uh, actually surprised there weren't more references to Game of Thrones and other fantasy properties. I think, for me, a lot of fun of Futurama is all the science fiction tropes and references to other properties. And this didn't have that so much. Well, you know, it, it, there, I won't say that I'm well, in love with dis, disenchantment. I don't think it's great, but uh, the jokes that they were playing with, at least in the beginning, were kind of annoying me in that way because they were doing what I call Fred Flintstone jokes, like you know, mm. you know, it, you know, ha ha, it's a it's a donkey, but it's got a siren, yeah, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. They were doing a lot of that at the top of the, the the season of Disenchantment. I mean, it was pretty blatant. So go ahead, Erin. You were gonna say something, Erin Marie. Uh, no, I was gonna say I like it, but I don't love it yet. 
Um, and that's because I think, you know, with Futurama and with The Simpsons, the first season was more about establishing character and flow. And I feel like this was the same way. It has the potential to be extremely funny. And I can see where a lot of the, the kind of gimmicky stuff that Matt Groening does in his series is, um, is can come forward, like with the character Chaz, who, how many jobs does that guy yes. have? <laughs> yes. Well, Chaz is awesome. And I also want to say, I really do want to talk about this in depth because it actually, the show gets better as you watch it. And, and we really can't do the show properly without a spoiler alert. So I'm going to throw one out oh. there for right now. So if people don't want to know about what happens at the, at the first half at the end of the first half of, of the show. Um, you might not want to listen to the segment and come back right before Bob's Burgers, but um, we won't do too much spoilage, but it might, like, there's a choice at the end of it that we should talk about, which is, like, the one thing that made it suddenly stand out as, as writing-wise, because it didn't have much right voice at the beginning. Um, it felt yeah. very much like the first few episodes of Futurama, which was trying to figure out what they were and couldn't quite find its own footing, right? And, and then eventually you can see, like, they start to get the idea of character lock. And once they start figuring out the characters, they really start to move with story. And you can see that the, with, with, with this, too. It almost felt the same. Well, they certainly have types, for sure. I mean, you could say that Bean is very definitely the Leela type. And uh, Elfo is very definitely uh, the fry type. Fry. What? Yeah, but and, he wasn't yeah, yeah. fry at first. He he becomes fry. Like, no, and Lucy would be Bender. Fry. He's I, pretty I, I, fry all the freaking way through. I, well, I I like him better when he's not well, love hungry he's... for Bean. When he's not yeah. when he's deal, when he's dealing with the other story about how he wants to learn about like human emotion and depression, I actually think that's some of the stronger stuff on the show. But they don't let it shine through very often. So well, uh, yeah, it, it's it's totally a case of uh, show don't tell. And so far, it's just tell 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 on that aspect. I agree. I would love to see that, but so far, it's just him talking about it. Yeah. No. Except for the you know what is war. And that part was really funny, you know. I don't like war. <laughs> he's not sure what, you know, because he's even though he's like the the most depressed elf from the world that he's in, he's still tons more optimistic than any human. <laughs> so sure. it's like real, and he's naive, but not stupid. except he's not an elf. No, well, that we don't we don't have to spoil that one, but you know he's well, not half an elf. elf. Okay. He's half elf. <laughs> we know that he's. We know that he has human in his blood. We're pretty sure about that. Maybe. You know? so that's a maybe. Uh, I yeah, don't yeah. know. He could have some I, kind I of giant. Yeah, we're about. Here's to my learn. take on it, and I Uh-oh, may be okay, wrong, but right. my take on it is, um, you're right. Like Futurama, they they didn't find their footing right on. Uh, it, it took them a, a little while. I think Futurama pretty much had it though in the second episode, though, spot on. By the third, definitely everything was down. And this, and this, this one took I six. think the first eight episodes are pretty useless. I mean, there's a little bit of funny in them, and there's a little setup for everything. But I think it really works a whole lot better uh, when it's like half and half. Half fantasy and actual story with things going on and subplots and politics and da-da-da and funny. And the funny part 
isn't as funny as Simpsons and Futurama. Futurama, I can name five bender memes, just bender memes what? that are out there right now. I don't know if there's going to be a single meme coming off of the first season or the first half of the, the buy. Not yet. No, there there isn't really a standout here. There's a few things I can point to that I thought were pretty funny, which I will in a minute. But I wanted to bring Queenie into this conversation a little bit here. Queenie, mm. have you had a chance to watch the show, or what is your relationship mm. with Macaroni? Because we haven't had a chance to talk about yeah, it. I could take him or leave him, honestly. Like I used to like him back in the early days of The Simpsons, uh-huh. but you know, I've seen some of Futurama, Futurama, but it's like. Ben likes Futurama better than I do, so I you know, I would I, I believe really that he's a brony. There's a lot of overlap oh, between yeah, brony. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I personally like my my husband. I wish he was actually on this show because he was a huge life in hell. Like he has a bunch of books and you know that kind yeah, of thing. So yeah, those were those were cool with the rabbit. Um, this, and there is a little is, uh, a little uh, shout out to Jeff and Akbar actually. With uh, King Zog's attendants, the little guys on his uh, yeah, cape they also really remind me of, me of Jeff and Akbar. They also reminded me of the Moppets on Venture Brothers. <laughs> Jim and Tom. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they totally did. I, I was like, that's the Moppets. Ew. <laughs> no one <laughs> likes the Moppets. No one likes them. Um, I would say the voice acting is pretty good on the show. Uh, and you were showing me pictures of of you with Joe DiMaggio, who I or John DiMaggio. I also got to meet John DiMaggio um, a, a couple of years him. back. He's awesome. Uh, and we Freaking saw him that. at the Adventure Time panel in San Diego Comic Con, where he was all the yeah. and it was cute because he was like sad because you know it was the end of <laughs> Adventure. I can't like his career. Can you not be more jealous of someone than John DiMaggio? Right? I mean, look at like Bender, and then when he gets he, when that runs out, he gets friggin' Adventure Time. Like that Shake is like the the dog. Most, uh, uh, that is like the most blessed get like double gig in a row. I could see someone yeah. getting. I mean, those are amazing characters with amazing stories. And so much happening, and so rich. And Bender is one of the greatest vile, like, like comedians of all time. I mean, he's just the, the yeah. when he gives a, a dry line with Bender, it, it's just yeah. You could, like you said, you could just come up with Bender memes till your head explodes. You know, here though, with this enchantment, I'm not really a huge fan of Zog as I would like to be. I would like to be more what? on his side than I am. I I, I, I don't think Zog is the Bender type though. I think I think the Bender character no, here not. is Lucy. No, Lucy, Lucy's cute. Like I think there's more to Lucy than we than they're giving us. And oh, Queenie, you would like Lucy. Lucy's a little personal demon, and he's adorable. Yeah, uh, yeah that you would like. The thing so, that really bothered me about the first season is the people that are controlling Lucy. Who the fuck are they? They didn't give like, us any idea who they were. Yeah, we don't really know. But I, but I do also, really love the one uh, Cockney uh, servant of the two wizards, uh, the wizard and the witch. <laughs> I love him. Oh, yeah, they he comes in and watches other channels. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I, and you know what? The, once again, the, the 
the season really didn't pick up until episode eight. And I have a feeling on the back half, we're going to get a lot more information. Yay. I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. But I do want to say, if you want to do yourself a really comedic favor, switch your language settings to German and listen to King <laughs> Zog's rants because they're fucking terrible in German. That's awesome. I never even thought about that. Oh my god, that sounds awesome. Okay, so you switch it to German, and then he's just like, ah, so <laughs> oh my yeah, god. he's yelling in German. It's That's hysterical. So cool. All right. Uh, we were is... playing with the settings today. Lucy sounds funnier in French. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I I can see if Lucy Lucy ends up really getting char- developed as a character because of the style. That is that is a tattoo waiting to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes the perfect cute little tattoo. I think Lucy is. So. And every now uh, and then they show Lucy being really demonic like you know he'll rip something aside and you'll get a vision of hell that's really cool but it's you know like a flash we we haven't seen his full powers yet we know he has not a lot but he has something and and what's yeah. funny is she does listen to him like she constantly listens to her personal demon like like you know he's a personal demon personified right so you know it, it, but he doesn't even have to push her very hard cuz she's already no. like going that way <laughs> right she she was already towards the bad and like one of my mm-hmm. favorite little scenes with Lucy was when she's like I'm never drinking again and and she looks over and her dad's like You've got a beer in your hand now. And she looks over and she's like, what? How'd that get there? And Lucy's like, you're welcome. <gasps> I like how he's always smoking, like like inappropriately smoking all the time. Right. Because, yeah, I, mean, I think that's just a pot shot at sensors, actually. Uh, and sometimes so, it's pot. Yeah. yeah no, he he's not <laughs> really. <laughs> well, I mean, they called it some sort of uh, elf weed or whatever. But um, that's the other thing. I, I'm not sure that Netflix is really taking advantage of all that they could with this as far as language and everything else. I get the feeling they're thinking, and then down the line, we can always sell it to Comedy Central and have them put it in syndication late night. We'll make some money that way. Well, I think they, they, they yeah, they're aiming it as a TV audience, not pushing the envelope with that. That's for sure. You can tell that yeah. they do pull their, I do feel they pull their punches on the show a bit. Like, there's there's some problematic writing in the show. We have to be honest with that. I mean, like I said, I don't think, but that seems to be a curse of not just the show. It's medieval fantasy comedy shows in general. I was talking with people about Disenchantment because there's a lot of people that are groaning fans that are not really liking the show that much. Um, and I'm asking them, you know, and so we're going over why we don't like it, why we do. And what a lot of people are like, well, fantasy comedy is a hard genre. And they're right. I could I had to rack my brain to think of three successful comedies, fantasies at work. I can think of a bunch Gallivant. of them. Gallivant was Frickin one of Gallivant. them. Gallivant. God, works. Gallivant works. So the Princess Bride works. Oh, um, very much so. Yeah, Does anyone remember an ancient freaking show called When Things Were Rotten? <laughs> no. Yeah, you're too young. You don't even know. 
When Things yeah. Were Rotten was back in the 70s, and it featured some of the Get Smart cast, and it was kind of Robin Hoodish. And uh, in fact, it might have actually been Robin Hood. I don't know, but I, I seem to remember that was pretty funny. Uh, well, Robin Hood can be funny, sort of. I actually don't like Men, Men and Tights. Men and Tights wasn't bad. Men and Tights. Oh, come on. Men and Tights was recycled. At least moments, maybe. Yeah, but, I, I really on. don't like that movie. No, I have a lot of love to hate that movie because <sighs> I think it just wastes so much potential on every level it could possibly waste. Other and, than and, Spaceballs, is there another Mel Blanc that's even worth watching after... I don't know. Uh, Life stinks. Yeah. Life stinks is really where the line is drawn for me. Actually, it's like his last good movie. (laughs) You know, I completely agree with you on Mel Brooks on that. I don't think he's made a good film since then. Um, But you know, baseball. I saw in the theater. Life stinks after Men in Tights. It might be. I mean, I didn't hate Men. I just don't like it. I, I. It's not like how I feel about that freaking Dracula movie. I hate that movie. Oh, Dracula <laughs> Dead and Loving was horrible. It is right. horrible. But you I know what you, you brought no up No reason something? to be horrible. Um, something that you and I saw together, the uh, final space panel. Uh, I went, oh, yeah. I told you at the time that I was kind of, meh, you know, I was uh, five or six episodes into it and I was all, meh, I don't know if I'm really going to go back to it. Natalie had completely checked out of it. And then I saw the panel I said, wow, I really like where this has gone. Came back home, watched the last four episodes with, with Natalie. I dragged her into it, and we really enjoyed it. So it, kind of like Disenchanted, it really took a while. Uh, Final Space is science fiction and comedy. Uh, Conan and Brian is one of the producers, and it kind of took a little while to find its footing, like Disenchanted. But by the final three, four episodes, I'm into it, and I really want to know where it goes. Well, and, and there's well, and there's also more, arguably more successful science fiction comedies out there than yes, there are fantasies. Absolutely. I, I actually think it's a harder right to do fantasy um, in some ways, because you have to... It, the diff, a lot of people are like, well, there's not really a difference between high fantasy and science fiction. There is a difference. It's a very subtle one, but mm. it's different. The difference is science fiction is the rules apply as a rule to the, our own, okay? So the laws of physics that we have as, as the, our reality is where science fiction, the, world, the same universe science fiction uh, exists in. So basically the rules are the same. Now you can say that's not completely true because you got Dune in there, which, you know, but right. it has to be, and so, but Dune pushes more towards fantasy anyways, and Star Wars is fantasy. In fantasy, yeah, yeah. Well, the rules are different, you, but you have to remain consistent within your own universe, and that was what makes it different. So Avatar, technically, the, because it, it, it uses our rules of science, believe it or not, even if it's a cheesy movie, is actually basing <laughs> its laws in our own. So it is actually science fiction, where, of course, Game of Thrones, which creates its own world, is pretty obviously high fantasy. So there's where you, you yeah. can tell the difference, you know. So they're, they're subtle, but they are different. Uh, you know, uh, you know, like I said, there is some overlap. Like Blade Runner, is it a fantasy? Is it science fiction? Which oh, I, I would, would say, actually, yeah, that's like urban. Yeah. You know, I. I but also, yeah, you totally have space opera in there, which is, you know, you could trade everything else and make out and make it a western really well, easy. I, 
and it's a science fantasy. It's what it is. You know, it, you know, the, yeah. there's no, you don't have to, you, you, when, you, when you're doing that, you're just, you know, it's still fantasy because your rules don't make any sense. I mean, however, you know, it, Star Wars, the rules of Star Wars does not apply to the rules of Blade Runner. They're not the same in any well, way, shape, or form. Well, you know. you know, Arthur C. Clarke did say any significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So, I mean, yeah. there you can find papers where people say a lightsaber could work if you could do this. Well, I, I'm so, not doubting know. about lightsabers, but there definitely aren't Jedis that can float rocks around. I mean, there isn't. Okay, oh, yeah. You got you know, me there. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have that yet. Um, but we do have the Clone Wars TV show, and I am halfway through the yeah, first season, yes. so you know. So, uh, oh my and god, I, isn't it great? Well, it's it, at first I wasn't so great. I was like, okay, uh, you know, the episodic thing, but I'm starting to see what it's starting to do. And by the time that they do the episode where the ambassador is killed, which after Jar Jar goes away, mm-hmm. that episode actually is not that bad. I was kind of surprised the Jar Jar episode didn't bother me that much. But the episode after that onwards mm-hmm. is starting to really pick up. Like, you know, why did they have fucking Jaja in this thing? Like, they know, they know how people feel about Jaja, and they did, there was two episodes with Jaja so far. <laughs> I mean, he's not terrible, but it's still fucking Jaja Binks. He still has his, like, Mitha's gotta die thing, and, you know, it's like, at least they're using his clutchiness to their advantage. I will give him credit for that. It's all they have to do is just say, hey, go do that, and he breaks something. And they figure out, hey, he'll break the other side. And he does. He breaks the other side's trucks or tanks. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, but anyway. I remember not hating him overly much I, in the animated. No. And just, you he, know, blowing past him to get to the other stuff. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt about it. So I'm working on it. So anyway, but let's get back to Matt Groening a little bit more. Um, there, there are, there's more to him than this enchantment. I want to say, I think people should give it uh, a chance because uh, the last two episodes, let's talk about that in particular, um, because uh, we actually finally get some reincorporation, which is important to Saga. Uh, and we go back to the world that the uh, Elfo is from. And from that point on, the move, the, the, the tone of the show completely shifted and, and went from, being standalone episodes to obviously connected tissue. Uh, and so I think it's going to get better. Like I said, I think there's a lot of room for potential in this show. Um, and, yeah. and so there's a, there's a, you know, there's a war between the, uh, I have no idea where I am. Okay. There I am. Okay. <laughs> there's a war between the humans and the, uh, and the elves. And it's because they can't close the door because Bean knocked it over uh, and broke it. Uh, so they can't move their magical door to disappear. So there ends up actually being a fight, a real fight, like a horrible battle between the elves and, <laughs> and the humans. And it's very cute. There's like gumdrop horrible things and stuff, right? Uh, but yep. but but then like after it's over, they whack a main character and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is ballsy as fuck. Like you don't see it coming. Like it's out of blue. It's deliberately out of the blue. But suddenly there's Oh, we should a, also a, mention... Uh, we should also mention that there is a stinger after the credits of the very last episode. So uh, don't turn off your uh, your Netflix just yet. Let it run the whole way through. 
Well, or make sure you don't. Make I don't sure know you that I did that. I don't think I did either. I'm sorry? My my mine automatically goes to, oh. to the next episode, so I didn't actually see oh, it. You, I gotta go back go now back. and look that up. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah, thing we saw of Elfo, his body went over a fucking waterfall. We haven't seen him since. It's okay. So, He'll be with the crabs now. He likes the crabs. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but, but then, like, but that gets more interesting because not only do we learn about the truth about when um, there's obviously, because you have to have one of these, you have to have a death. Like, king and queen can't both be alive. One of them has to be dead. Right, because, sure. you know they're they're, they're been on Disney on that one, right? They're making fun of Disney <laughs> a little bit, right? Um, and uh, you know, so mom is dead in this case, right? And we start to learn the truth about why, how, why, and how mom died, and and uh, now that Elsa is dead, uh, Bean has a choice. She has a choice. She can bring one back. <laughs> she can bring her mom back or her best friend who's just sacrificed himself for his own world and village and for her right because he, he blocked the air that was meant for her well uh, do maybe. we know actually who shot Elfo? they didn't actually show who shot Elfo. they kind of showed and it, they, it might they, have even been a straight arrow you know that somebody let go that's on what accident. i'm wondering we don't know, you know how they he make- died they make a, a, a note about it. I mean, someone says, who shot that? And we pan the crowd of the humans the on horseback like, and uh-huh. foot soldiers. And nobody says, that was me, sorry, or anything. It's just left hanging. Kind of like when Bean gets the drop of blood on her handkerchief and knocks the guy in the moat and da-da-da-da-da and breaks the chain. You know, at, at mm-hmm. the time I went, well, that's obviously a plot point. We're going to see that later. But they've added so much else here. It doesn't stand out too badly, you know. It, I, no. I'm not completely it, thrown out. But no, with the it, arrow it, thing, I, I'm going, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And well, when you see the stinger, was, you might actually say, "Oh, is that connected?" And uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Oh, well, well, yeah. That. But but you know, she has the choice of bringing one back, and she and a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people. This is where the debate comes in, and this is where people that didn't like the whole season are decided to stick with the show because of the uh, because of the last episode and her having to choose between bringing Elsa back to life or bringing her mom back to life, and the choice right. she makes completely changes the tone of the show like the show completely yeah. flips the story flips everything flips um and i actually will say i have a feeling we're gonna find out that bean is part like bean's mom is actually like part goblin or giantess or something because they're always making fun of bean's buck teeth and stuff and they're not being rude about it per se but they are being persistent about it right they keep like reminding Ooh. us that she has buck teeth and, and uh, you know, I'm wondering if that is going to come back into it, you know, them teasing yeah, her. Yeah, but mom didn't. Find out why. Mom doesn't. Mom looks like a... a yeah, Dagmar you know, she, looks a, like a normal princess, Disney princess queen. Yeah, she 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 looks all her... Yeah, every, all the other queens are strangely drawn, but except for Bean. Um, you know, well, Bean's even strangely drawn in many ways, but this girl is yeah. more traditional. She looks like, yeah, like all the portraits they have of her is like she's like, I, I think they're through Zog's eyes. Like you see hit the mom through Zog's eyes pretty much. And Zog thinks she's the most Ooh. beautiful woman on the planet. Uh, so there's that. And that actually was, I, I really, you know, 
I told you I wasn't on board with Zog that much, but I actually think I don't really need them to redeem his character either. I I don't think it's necessary. Uh, you know, because and they were and mm. with the twist with the twist at the end, they're trying to bring that. Well, he was really just protecting his daughter all along, and he didn't know mm-hmm. how treacherous his mom was. Uh, you know, his wife was. You know, we don't we don't know all of that. Uh, you know, it, it kind of excites me though that suddenly the show that's been pretty base episodic, fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. I really liked the land Vikings when she throws the party at the castle. Yeah. That was funny. That was awesome. Uh, but you know, but it takes kind of a dark turn at the end of the season. And I think that I'm on board for the next half of it. So, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. I don't find it as entertaining as Futurama or the Simpsons, which I grew up on, of course, but but it it has a lot of potential to be as entertaining. Uh, well, I think so too. And and uh, you know, and anything that gives John DiMaggio work, you know, always give John DiMaggio work. Always. Uh, always. And uh, now all we need is Lamar. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. So Lamar hasn't popped up yet. Um, Abby Jacobson, who plays Bean, uh, I think she actually does a very good job. She's on screen for, like, her voice is on screen, I should say, for most of the runtime of the series. So, and and there's some really, truly funny voice work going on there. Uh, Billy West makes an appearance at one point, right? He's in a queue. Yeah. What is... Uh, Orlando <laughs> so, Jones. You know, um, I'm trying to think of all the people that was in it. I mean, there's a lot of people in. Uh, everybody wants to be a piece of this, which is kind of cool. Maurice LaMarche has got a couple uh, characters that appear every episode. So, yeah. so um, I, oh, Kissy. I, I actually wanted to give a shout out to Kissy Elf. Because she was actually one of my favorite characters <laughs> of the whole series. I mean, that's how she was like. She's pretty straightforward. Oh, my my favorite. <laughs> uh, my ahead. favorite has to be Shaco. <laughs> Shaco. Shaco is hysterical. What? Oh. What? That's right. What? <laughs> all he does. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, so, uh, you know, peep, but let's, let's, let's say that if you haven't seen Disenchantment, you should, but let's go and concentrate on a little bit more because we got a little time here. I may we'll even start the Bob's Burger early. Um, and I want to talk, Aaron, in particular, I want to talk to you more about the animation panels we were doing at San Diego because that would be, this would be the episode to do that. Um, so, um, sure, you are. Uh, but, you know, yep. let's go back to Futurama. And um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about the movies that came out a few years ago. Uh, but I actually really loved the, the last couple movies that came out, uh, only because we we are deprived of Futurama and we need it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, So... Uh, do you think they will actually revive Futurama? Because they keep talking about it, like, behind the scenes. There's a lot of whispers. I'm not so sure they're going to. I don't know how many standalone movies they came out with. I I know uh, The Beast with a Thousand Backs was pretty damn funny. Uh, And a couple other ones were pretty good. I don't think they work as well 
as the individual episodes or even the two-parters. But uh, hail the any Futurama is better than no Futurama, and there's such a call for it. I'd be shocked if we don't see more Futurama in one form or another soon. I went to the panel, the Futurama panel, a couple of years ago at AwesomeCon, um, you, and, and Aaron Marie was that we almost couldn't get in. It was packed. Packed. Including, mm-hmm. I mean, super packed. We were I sitting had to sit in the back, the back wall. He was on the back wall. There was a guy in a full-on Bender suit they weren't letting in, like the biggest, best Bender oh. cosplay you've ever seen. And I was That's just like, you right. got to let this guy in. I, I was, like, negotiating for him, even though I was, and I was like, look, it's, you know, my friend just got the wrist, man. We need a place we can sit. And they finally let us in. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it, but, yeah, it was, it, there was still a huge demand for Futurama. Uh, there was absolutely yeah. people want that, and, and and the chemistry between Billy Rust and Phil Hartman and John DiMaggio and when they're doing their thing is is oh my god, it's so hysterical they, and so good. Did they do any uh, uh, box for the panel? Did they beatbox for the panel? I don't yeah. remember. Aaron, god, Aaron, did they rap? Did you they ever rap get the, the panel? I don't know. They, they, um, they, uh, years and years I, ago, well, the, the pictures that I, that I showed you, um, they they uh, did a little freestyle, and it was hilarious. I mean, it was geeky and nerdy and just awesome. I don't remember. I do remember they Seriously? were talking about the episode the where only- it was a puppy. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing I remember about the panel was they were talking about the Jurassic Pup episode because – uh, oh, somebody had asked a question. Exactly. It is. Yeah. It is literally. It. It's the reason my dog is named Seymour. <laughs> they were like. They were like unanimous. It was like their favorite episode. They're all, all like, it was no, the best. Favorite three of super, most emotional. I think was the question. Yeah. But and they were and, but, and the entire audience. The, it was crying just thinking about the episode. <laughs> it. That's all it takes for me. I cannot watch that episode without bawling my eyes out. Oh, I totally get that. I used to bark walking on sunshine to Seymour when he was a puppy. I tried <laughs> to get him. <laughs> but if he hears walking on sunshine and his ears perk up, he knows that damn song because of me. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, next week, is the end of Adventure Time, the last of it. And uh, I'm kind of surprised the Cartoon Network hasn't been doing more promotion for it. But uh, Adventure Time has been just an amazing series. Uh, I I can't believe the level of quality they've been doing. And it's just, uh, it reminds me of that old thing they say about the Bugs Bunny cartoons and everything back then. It was never aimed at children. It was just something children could enjoy, but it was for the adults. And Adventure Time is like that for me, and uh, it's going to be end of an era when that ends next week. Are you still on? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on by myself. Hello. What happened? Did we lose Liz? I don't know. It keeps like going in and out for me. Oh, oh, my oh, how about this? How about this? 
That's can better. I can hear you. Can you hear me now? You can hear me now? Hello? Yeah, I can. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was... Uh, something happened and, and I went on to mute. All right. Um, but I'm back. Uh, I, I was going to say while you were talking about uh, that, which is perfect that you couldn't hear me, um, uh, a soundtrack. They just announced that there's going to be a farewell finale soundtrack to accompany the final episode. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So. One of the, the things that Natalie got me at Comic Con was a, a little uh, like 45. Uh, of Adventure Time. I haven't busted it open yet to play it on the record player, but I got uh, a little Adventure uh, Time vinyl already that I'm looking forward to listening to. The music for Adventure Time was always great, and, and one of my favorite parts about the Adventure Time panel was having them do so much of the music live for us there, and it, it was really emotional. Um, uh, Liz and I were in like back-to-back <laughs> audience is weeping opium, openly and copiously um, for different reasons. We came out of uh, Clone Wars panel, everyone crying with joy for more episodes, and then Adventure Time was just kind of this cathartic, oh, what a ride we've been on together, and now it's ending kind of thing. I, I didn't realize until the panel, I, for some reason I didn't put two and two together, that the head musical writer for Adventure Time is now the showrunner of Steven's universe, which I love. Yeah. So, uh, and, and she's and I really need to start good, watching. too. You really need to start watching Steven Universe. Steven Universe, I really fact, do. Uh, I, Queenie, you need to start watching Steven Universe. Steven I Universe is... It's, I love that fucking show. It is way deeper than it has any right to be. Um, it is so fucking good. So, me and my husband. Do you want to talk? Yeah, you know, t- tell me about your experience watching Steven Universe. It, it was probably very different than what I get from it. I don't know. I think it's one of those shows that's kind of universal if you want to listen and watch the show. But I like that it has like deep messages about family and. You know they don't they don't shy away from the hard topics. It, it, it it's so good and 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 you know and and all the characters are very odd um, but beautiful at the same time. I, I and the music for Adventure Time and for Steven's Universe is very quirky and beautiful at the same time. And I, yeah. I really listen, You know I really like. Uh, what, what's her name was singing uh, and playing the ukulele on the panel, and uh, the one that plays the vampirist on Adventure Time. She was so good on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was her name? Do you remember? Uh, the remember? character is Marceline. Yeah, Marceline so... the Vampire Queen. And yeah. Uh, it, she, well, she's a, a musician in the show. Marceline and uh, her her male counterpart in uh, Ice King's weird doppelganger uh, gender reversal fairy tales are, they're both rock musicians. So we get lots of cool tunes from Marceline and then Marshall E. Uh, and that, and, and the, the whole scope and tone of the show I swear to God, someone on the the writing staff has to be Buddhist or something because it's all about birth, death, rebirth. And for a 
a kids show or ostensibly a kids show, that's pretty fucking sophisticated. I, yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot going on there. This is why you, you need to start watching Steven Universe because it's the exact same thing. It's extremely sophisticated, especially Steven by season Universe two. And, and Gravity Falls are top of my list for shows, animated shows that I need to start watching. And Voltron. I think you should. Uh, right. I think you should do Gravity uh, Falls first because it's a faster binge. There's a lot more Steven mm-hmm. Universe. And and Gravity okay. Falls starts episodic, but then becomes narrative by season two. And just stick with it. It is so good. It is it is my right favorite on. depiction of the devil in a long time. Uh, he's absolutely frightening character. Like it is a scary ass devil. And in uh, wow. you know it, you know and, and it's not what you would expect. Bill, yes, Bill is terrifying. I don't know. I don't know why Bill freaks me out more than even a lot of horror villains do. But Bill Probably scares right. the <laughs> His Illuminati appearance. That Did and he's completely unpredictable. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the weird uh, vocoder voice for him? I love him. The weird. Yeah. Oh, him freaks me out. I love him though. He's what I I adore him. No. Him is one of my favorite no. villains. But no. no, no, Bill is no. Okay. Oh no, Bill, Bill, Bill is. I have a feeling. I, I come back to me when you are introduced <laughs> to Bill, and you tell me right how on. you feel about him because I'm serious. <laughs> like every time there was an episode with Bill on, I'm like, oh no, he's back. I can't deal with this. Like, my whole family watched it together. We binged it, like, Paul watched it, too, and the evil genius. We all sat in bed and binged Gravity Falls. It's that good. So, uh, you know, and it's three seasons of fun. Oh, my God. It is great. So do that. Then do Steven Universe because, uh, you know, it, it's, and it keeps getting better and more complicated. And, and, and things aren't what you think they are. And it, I, Love it. you know, it, it's. So complex, and you know, there's this idea of, of you know, it, it's a, it's amazing to see a show that talks about non-binary at, at age-appropriate yeah. level for kids, so they understand it. Uh, you know what it's, you know, what love really is about. I mean, there's so much going on in Steven's universe that freaks me out. <laughs> That's why I'm really bummed I didn't get into the panel at San Diego because I really wanted to go to that yeah. panel. Oh. That was a crowded panel. Oh my God, it was a crowd. Well, because they put the good place right after it, and a lot of people were mm-hmm. going to both panels. And there were everyone. And Good Place was one of the biggest panels at San Diego Comic Con. I still haven't seen that show. I have no idea what it's about. Did you get to see any of the panel for Invader Zim Enter the Florpus? No, I did not. I heard a lot of good things coming out of that panel. A lot of people it looks said a lot of really stuff. good, and they're they're even teasing us and saying, yeah, well, maybe you know if this does well, maybe we'll do another Invaders M series. But more likely than that, I think they're going to give uh, Jonan Vasquez uh, more things to work with because he was talking about a project he was working on before Enter the Florpus, where he was really unhappy, and then coming to this and having control and having uh, Nickelodeon just being so accommodating made him actually want to come back and work on this more and more. So maybe? Uh, I, 
I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I have yet to see Raiders in. Uh, and the same note, uh, Queenie, I want to bring you in on this one because you'll know I, I want to talk about two properties that are coming up that we should talk about in Animation August. One is the, the second half of Castlevania is coming up in October. So, oh, I need um, to watch the first half. The, the, yeah, so yeah, don't forget do. to watch. That was the other yeah. one I was going to say I need to watch was Castlevania. Castlevania and yeah. Voltron. Yeah, Voltron's I saw the first few episodes and thought it was a lot of fun, but it didn't really grab me. Does it get well, more complex or darker? Or... Go ahead. I don't think me. they made enough episodes. They only made like ten, right? Like they didn't make any. Like, yeah. It's only a taste of what the show is. Yeah, but it's I'm very short. Yeah, um, and uh, <laughs> Castlevania. Is, they, they, the Castlevania is like well, what so four is episodes, Woody, but they managed to do a lot with that. Oh, so but the cool, trailer—the new trailer dropped for Rick and Morty last week, and it looked like an anime thing. But I also wanted to point out, Queenie, you were watching and recommending this year, which dropped on direct to Netflix in our country, even though it's Japanese, is that Devil Man movie. Yeah, Devil Man Cry Baby. Yeah, talk about that, because that movie is insane. That is not something you can just talk about, dude. You have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> It's an experience. You guys don't understand. You don't understand. It is so crazy. There's so many layers to this show. Like, the animation is insane. Like, it's a fucking mind trip, okay? Like, they don't hold back. There's scenes where, like, kids are masturbating, and they're, like, openly doing it. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. You have to watch it. Like, the ending is crazy, Pam. Crazy, Pam. Wow. I mean... I, I, that was like, I was like, I will give a lot of credit to Netflix for picking up such a fucking bold title. Um, yeah. but supposedly it's they awesome. did really, did really you well with it. You have to be talking about Big Mouth. Right? Right? I said you have to be talking about Big Mouth, right? Big Mouth? No, we're talking about Devil Man Cry Baby. Devil Man oh, Cry Baby. It's an, it's an yeah, anime I, yeah, on Netflix. It's an anime. But... Big Mouth is another animation. Uh, I haven't seen Big Mouth. I, I haven't seen Big Mouth yet. Now I have to oh figure out what God. the heck. You guys haven't seen Big Mouth. In the first episode, they show cartoon penis. There's an episode where the girl gets her period, and she's literally holding a, a mirror up to her vagina, and her vagina's like, oh, hey, you're finally here. It's <laughs> nice to meet you. It is hysterical. Wow. If you're not watching Big Mouth, what are you watching? <laughs> well, I, I I googled it. What Good station job. is it on? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Really? Yes, wow. it's on Netflix. Because oh, I'm it looking it up right now. Oh my god! All right, I'm adding that to the list. Yeah, I guess so. I'm kind of scared, but yeah, I'll add it to the list. Um, something that I've also added to the list that the Netflix has also added recently. They've been used. They've been um going and doing those, those Godzillas, the anime Godzillas that have come out. There's two of them. And I've been, I watched those. And those are not too bad, actually. I'm kind of surprised. No. I, I kind of like the anime uh, Godzilla. Me too. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of good animation out there right now. Did you watch any of uh, there Fooly Crew really when you is. got home? What, what, what was that? I, I say, did you watch any of Cooley's Cooley once you got back home? Uh, we saw no. episodes from the next season. We saw stuff that they haven't shown yet. 
I no, I have not actually okay. brought out Fully Cooly yet. Right, I decided to watch uh, Clone Wars instead. So okay. I want to get ready for the new season. Um, uh, season three of Attack on Titan just recently dropped as well. Speaking of really great animation and really fucked up story and things going on. Did, didn't the live action version of that finally come out this year? Yeah, but you know, Japan, I, I think good. Japan and America with anime and comic books are kind of like DC and Marvel. Um, they, there's, there's, there's their own little uh, thing that works for them. I think Japan has way better comic books and manga than we have, but their adaptions suck. And I think for America, it's flipped. I think our movie adaptions are way better than Japan. But our comic books on the whole, meh, in comparison to Japan's manga. Well, manga's on its own level. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you're reading, but so many of the best anime came from, or after, for that matter. For that matter. Yeah, and some of that, um, yeah, that's Does like someone my have the radio up? Because I'm getting feedback. I, I, I keep hearing like yeah, loop. Well, it's not just echoes; it's like loopy echoes. Like I hear myself. It's so weird. It's yeah. um, yeah, I only hear it when it's on you or him. Yeah, no, I'm hearing it now, too. It's so annoying. We love it. Well, <clears throat> we'll see what it sounds like. You know, the funny thing is it might actually sound fine to the audience. I, I've listened to it, and you don't hear the weird choppiness in the background. I can this time, though. Before we can, I mean, obviously, we've completely gone off the subject of Matt groaning, but I thought it bared mentioning that I saw an oh, article right. yesterday opened the very first Quickie Mart. Oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot hey. about that. Thank you for bringing that back on topic. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. So we got a real We actually mark. had that out here. We had a couple of them. They turned 7-Elevens into them, and they used the exact same art. Um, for the outsides, at least. I didn't see anything on the inside. But I understand this is going to be a permanent quickie mark, where ours were just kind of pop-ups. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a mainstay attraction, and I can't remember if it's at Barefoot Landing or Boardwalk. It probably is at Boardwalk on the beach, but it's at one of the two, I think. I... I... Well, when down there, and they've got up here and everything. Um, so, uh, it, so we got Matt Groening. Uh, you know, there is a Simpsons house. You know that, right? They're in ba- outside Vegas. They actually created a Simpsons house. Um, no. Yeah, one well, there is, but here's the funny thing: they auction it off and sell it to people, and the people who buy the house decide to change it because they don't want people coming to visit. So it looks nothing like the Simpsons. Oh. Fail. Fail. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of sad, but when they showed it for the first time, it was like walking into like a 3D version of the 2D house. Like there were like lines. It, it, it's 
Go, you, I bet you you can find articles on it still. So, uh, you know, it was part of a big contest. Well, anyway, in short, give Disenchantment a a, uh, a chance if you're listening to this show. I think we I think we would all say that. Definitely watch Steven's Universe. We'd all agree on that. And and the Times finale is in a week. Uh, I think it's Memorial. It's Labor Day. Weekend, and you guys have right? homework for watching Big Mouth. Yeah, we got Big yeah. Mouth homework. I got Clone Wars to yep. watch. Um, the new Venture yeah. Bro- Time Venture Brothers season and the new Bob's Burgers season is coming up. So that'll be awesome. And. The Venture Brothers has been a spectacular season so far. Every yeah, episode is a gem. A lot more callbacks than previously, um, but I don't think it's it's a problem. I think it works really well. But uh, yeah, I'm loving the the uh, character development of everyone so far. Um, what? How many episodes are we in? Because I haven't yet had a chance to stream it. So. We're, I think, going on our fourth episode this weekend. Okay, cool. I think we've done I can... th- three or four. And I there are some can... major revelations, too, with uh, some some old characters that were kind of fun. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. I, I can binge that on uh, uh, Sling. I have Sling Television. I can binge that one. So we'll definitely yeah. catch up with Ventures Brothers. The panel I think was Venture great. Brothers works really well with binging. Natalie was saying she wished they were all out right now so she could just watch them back to back to back to back. And I'm that's trying how to get I did. That's how I watched them the, the first time I saw them. I, I, I grabbed the DVDs and I just slam them. You know, I mm-hmm. do that with Robot Chicken also. I like to do an entire season of Robot Chicken in one setting pretty much because they're short. So you just kind of burn through yeah. them, you know. I've always appre- I, I always feel good about that. So uh, the Venture Brothers panel, Archer. Archer. Archer has been a mixed bag for me um, the last couple of seasons. Uh, the, the, the pleasure, though, to watch the Bob Berger's panel take a five-minute break and go right into Archer, though, was such a treat um, at San mm. Diego. I had a great, I knew, I, I, I'm sure there's been better, you've, you've been to better versions of that panel, but for me, I was yeah. kind of like, <laughs> you know, because Danger Island is such a hard sell, I think, because so, it's not one of the stronger seasons. So they were kind of struggling with it. But I think that we both yeah. agree that the, um, the, uh, the in-space um, seasons they're, ta- they're working on right now has, um, is full of potential, like full I of potential. I can't freaking so. wait. Archer in space just freaking writes itself. Yeah. You know, uh, on, um, I have... I had a little uh, a little flash uh, watching some old archers the other day, and uh, I don't know if you remember way back when Archer gets a chip implanted in his head by uh, uh, the head of the KGB, who may or may not be his dad, and he goes a little nutty and sort of kind of almost tries to kill his mom. And there oh, are yeah. shots in there... Uh, like the shot with mom with the uh, the laser sight on the pistol uh, with a flash of lightning on Archer in the blood-soaked uh, robe. That's just insane. And then my favorite parts of Archer Dreamland were definitely uh, Krieger and his Frankensteinian uh, Doberman Pinchers and rebuilding uh, Barry and... I, I think oh, it the, works the, really the, the well Nazi, for the horror part of it. 
the Nazi subplot of that season was my favorite thing about that season. Uh, mm. I, I I loved Krieger's subplot to that. I I, I don't know because Queenie Queenie's an Archer fan. Uh, so did you watch the season where they were in Dreamland, which was like the film noir thing? Maybe Queenie. Is she still there? Queenie. No, she's. We lost Queenie. Oh no. Well, oh, I think we back. need to just basically pin him down and convince him to write a horror themed. Because uh, I, I mean, I love the, the comedy of Archer. It's one of that and Rick and Morty are my two favorite comedies on TV. I, I, I was saying, but, yeah, I know. God too. damn, the man could write horror. Uh, Queenie, we were thinking, we were just saying when you dropped that because I know you're an Archer fan too. That uh, the possibility of him writing a horror themed Archer season would be awesome, don't you think? Would be fun. Yeah, that's, that'd be great. Uh, make it so fully capable because of the Krieger. Because uh, my favorite part of Dreamland was the Nazi subplot. You know, where he's actually a Jewish professor in disguise and everything. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> like that. I really loved all of that. So. Um, I think so we got another Archer to look forward to. So, yay. Uh, uh, well, anyway, um, is, do we have any final things we need to say? Erin Marie, do you have any final things you want to bring up? Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other cartoons. Other, um, there is another one that is really funny, um, but it's on a channel called Rooster Teeth, or you can find the episodes on YouTube called Camp Camp. That's another one that really should be looked into because there's, oh my God, it's hysterical. There's this, my favorite episode is this one kid that's like this tiny little Hitler, and they're looking for the Jewish kid in camp. <laughs> It's hysterical and should also be watched. <laughs> and it's called. Camp and they're only camp? like ten minute episodes. So camp, camp. Okay, so. And it, Rooster Teeth are it, the same people who did Red versus Blue, right? Are they? I think I so. Know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Rooster Teeth is Red versus Blue. Versus Blue. Yeah. Oh. So, um, Queenie, do you have anything to add to this before you want to make sure you, we, we shout out to? Um, no, I think we've covered everything. <laughs> and we really did, uh, you know, at this point. Because, I mean, Devil Man Cry Baby, though, that would be the highest recommendation that I've seen you give for an animated show in a long time. I really you mean want that. to watch something with a headset. Yeah, watch the fucking anime. It's fun. <laughs> Netflix said it's going to actually have a lot more anime on it. That they're they're buying a shit ton of it because it does really well for them. So um, so we're gonna we'll get more we'll get more of that kind of thing. And more, I'm sure there'll be more Devil Man Cry Babies. I'm sure there will be. So I don't think they can do more with this show. though. you understand? It's kind of like its own thing. It ends pretty solidly. There well, is an actual true. ending. But I think like the the people that are doing it, they're get there's. They're, they're, we're going to see more they from might these do a people. Offshoot. Like, they might do an offshoot, but I don't think they can continue the story, is what I'm saying, no. because it's an empty yeah. world kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like Legend of the Overfiend. It, it ends, but it starts yeah. a new story, you know, so. 
not as violent as that, though. Actually, no, yeah, it is that violent. They're both Actually, really it's more violent. But... <laughs> a lot more violent. It's so, inspired by the original it, Devil Man comic. Yeah, like, no, it's it is hyper violent actually. Uh, but, yeah, it is. So, uh, so yeah, that would is. be a fun that would be a fun double feature though, Legend of the Overfiend and Devil Man Crybaby yeah. though. Yeah, that would be. I I I would totally go to that double feature. So. Well, anyway, Queenie, I'm gonna let you go because um we're gonna do the um uh the video the Bob's Burgers panel. So thank you for the evening and um. You're going to be on the next episode, which actually I'm coming right back in a week. But the reason is, is that I have tickets to Hamilton. So I'm going to do a special episode next week where I have my friend John Hazel on uh, to talk about. He works at Morristown National Historical Park, which is actually where I used to work as well. And it's actually where Alexander Hamilton met his wife. Uh, it's the same town. So. So and it was Washington's headquarters during part of the Revolutionary War. It's pretty, and we'll get into so so you get that episode off, but then you come back on on the 18th of September, and that's the madness episode. So the madness, the Ooh, Halloween horror movie marathon madness start the the rules drop episode will be September 18th. And then we'll open the pool to the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Holiday Madness. Happy Horror Days. So our theme this year will be holiday horror and anthology movies. So it'll be a... We're also doing anthology television. So our secret films this year are going to be secret films and secret episodes. We're going to actually have you look for specific episodes of TV anthology that are our favorite. So it's going to be awesome. So Queenie, I will see you then. So much okay. love Every to you and madness. Love to so. you all. Good night. Feel better. No, I, I'll try. Thank you. Please feel better. We, we all root for you. You know that. Oh, love you too, guys. Love you. Love you. Good night. Good night. So... So Creeny's off, and then Erin Marie. Um, so uh, yeah. same thing. You have next week off. You don't have to be on the historian episode. Uh, you can take a break. And as I talk about geek, all geeky about Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, and where I used to work, and going to see the musical, which is all a big deal. So uh, you will also be back on the 18th for the Madness episode. So I will. Yeah, so I will see you. Madness is upon us already. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I'm so excited. I'm not a superstitious guy, but we just had a really (laughs) nice, good shaker earthquake here while you were discussing that, you know? Yeah. That was a good one. I'm guessing that one was a five. Was it really that good? That's a good shaker down there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, let us know what the actual Richter scale is when they tell you, because they'll tell you in, in, within a half hour usually. It, it, it oh. had to be close, yeah. Oh my God! Well, be careful. We know it gets shaky out there, but uh, I'm gonna let. Er- but Can Aaron, we- hold Aaron Kogan, hold on the line just for a minute while I talk to Aaron Marie. I'm sure. gonna come back to you for a minute. Um, so Aaron Marie, I will see you on the 18th. Well, actually, I'll see you in a couple of days. 
Okay. Yeah, you'll see me in a couple of days. But I'll talk to I you was- on the podcast again on the 18th. On the 18th. So much love and madness to you, and we will talk to you soon. So good night. Good night. Good night. George. All right. So I'm about to do the Bob's Burgers panel, and um, I wanted you to lead, if you would like to do the introduction, because you have a better memory than I do, because I always, I just went blank <laughs> except for Kristen Shaw. Well, that's not completely true. I really liked all the anime, but like there was all. You, can you talk about the the, the it was animaics they were showing? This was a very third, which I'm not actually have any audio of the stuff of the video. That's all cut out. Okay, so this is just the panel portion of the panel. So all the stuff with mm. them describing the animaniacs and, and the animaics is not there. So I wanted you to describe what we saw uh, first before I play, if we could, if you could. Sure. Um... Uh, I'm not the the Bob's fan that you are, but I really enjoyed the panel. Um, I think they probably had their most, uh, I guess I can't really say controversy, but uh, the most passion was definitely around the issue of having all these characters, even the, the women on the show, being played by men. And that was really just Kristen Shaw up there. Um, but they were but, really cool. Was, and I was gonna say, to be fair, though, that wasn't just her. That one in particular, but it wasn't just that panel. The panel before it, that was Robot Chicken. You had Ro- Rachel Bloom, and it was the exact same situation. All yeah. these men and one woman. Anyway, continue. I just wanted to point that out. I noticed that two no, panels in a row. No, absolutely. And I'm happened. glad you did because the men at Robot Chicken weren't really having any of it, and they were all, yeah, uh-huh. whatever. And uh, they were nowhere near as cool as the guys on Bob's Burger who or were, you know, saying, you know, either. Not... They were actually polyg- almost yeah. apologetic about it. Like it's never been a slight to them. It's just, they just, you know, they just do all the voices, which is, you know, not yeah. unheard of. I never really even thought about it because most of the voice work growing up that I heard was often men doing all the parts. You know, or no. it's one woman doing all the woman parts and a bunch of men doing the men. You know, it, it, this is not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it needs to, the balance needs to change. And this panel, and you'll hear that part of it, um, they talk about having only Kristen Shaw on the panel, uh, on the show, the yeah. only woman. And, and Kristen Shaw and, ends up being that a lot. I actually, that's why I got up and asked the question, because I always think about it. She's always the only girl. Or one of the few yeah. girls on the on like the Daily Show had a couple women, but really she was one of the only regular writers for a while. Uh, uh, Fly to the Concords, she's the one of the only yeah. women on that show with the regular part, right? Uh, you know, she seems to be like uh, Gravity Falls. There's not many women people uh, women on that show either. Uh, you know, yeah. she's the only one. So uh, you know, and I, I think it has to do with that dry sense of humor I love about her. She's really good at and it. And I think so. they said something about when they did have women on the show, like Sarah Silverman, they were playing men. And uh, I don't know. They seemed very, they seemed well aware of it and the criticism, and they weren't running away from it. And they weren't, you know, poo-pooing it and anything. And they were all just matter-of-factly, yeah, that is something we need to address. And I thought that was yeah. really cool. I did think and so, too, I was, but... 
Yeah, but I was gonna say to be fair though, there's also The Simpsons, and the lead actor in that is actually a woman. So you know, it goes both ways sometimes. You know? Yeah, no, no, it's true. And on um, uh, our cartoon president, uh, uh, Eric Trump, which is one of my absolute favorite characters, is done by a gal, and she's freaking awesome. I I cannot see Don Jr. or Eric on the news now without thinking of their cartoon avatars. It's just, I, I would say it's ruined it for me, except it's actually made it better. Thank you. Thank you so much, All people right. who behind our cartoon president. Um, right, also, well, we, we, uh, go ahead. they're really cool. They gave us little uh, pins at the end of the panel. We all got little right. uh, uh, Bob's Burger pins. I got a Linda Richmond. I was very excited about that because she's my favorite character. Yeah. So I love them. Uh, or Linda. And she was Linda Richmond. She reminds me of Linda Richmond. I always think of the same. Anyway, we got to go so we have enough time to actually play the panel now. Uh, but thank you, Aaron, for being on the show tonight. And we will see you. Uh, if you want to join us because you're a history geek, if you want to join us next week on the history panel, you're welcome. The history episode. You're welcome oh, to do that. Cool, but if cool. not, definitely, definitely come back for the madness. So um, we'll talk oh, to you know soon. I will. Much love. Talk to you later. You as well. Okay, bye. Bye. We did have him in the very first episode, and as soon as we heard him and, and met him, we knew we had to have him in lots of episodes. He, he completes this circuit somehow. Um, this next clip is uh, a uh, Bob and Linda at the restaurant. This is from an episode called Twinchapreneurs. This is a, a beef story uh, in which they have... <laughs>
ready with a question. Oh, Dana's ready. Yeah. Hi. Hi. So I'm wondering when Bob and Marshall are going to realize their true love for each other. <laughs> on the side. <laughs> I love that premise, 
but I also look at it from a writer's standpoint that it's hard to bring humanity into those characters if you start the show on that note. So I'm just wondering, looking back, how do you feel about that decision? I love that decision. The, uh, the network was really helpful there. I misunderstood. <laughs> they were. I, so here's me. It's uh, whatever year that was, 2008, and that's like, we got a, a picture show to Fox, and I thought that it needed to be edgy in order to cut through. I just assumed they would want something that really had a hook that would be, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, get people's attention and, and really demand it. I thought somehow that was the breeze. They never said that to me, but I just intuited it uh, incorrectly. It was also coming off working on Adult Swim. We were doing this Pussy Daughter of the Devil, where we're trying to fool around making with this idea that the devil is also a dad, and so we murder was in the mix. Um, and the network just just called it out. They were like, "You're gonna kill somebody in every episode," and crazy when they said that. Uh, and we did, we did want to have heart, and we did want to have characters who were nice to each other, and so removing the murder was a great call. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your Happy birthday, Angela. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Say hi. Hello. <laughs> hi. Um, I think it's really interesting how um, Teddy he used Teddy uh, to showcase a lot of problems. <laughs> like he, uh, he was hung up on his ex-wife, he was traumatized by those Disneyland characters, and he had that order problem. So I'm just kind of curious, what other problems are you going to give Teddy in the future? Good question. What's my future look like? Don't tell me, I want to find out. Make me surprise. I believe this is another light reprimand from Chris, and she was like, Are, is this town full of lonely men? <laughs> and we were like, oh yeah, we can keep writing all these fucking middle-aged men with no love in their lives. But it makes it easier to have them hang around a burger restaurant, frankly. But, you know, she was married, you know, he's busy. Uh, but uh, we're, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, next time we give him a problem, uh, he'll be delightful, and he won't be uh, particularly damaging. Seems to soldier through. He's got a lot of love in his heart, that Teddy. Maybe give him shingles? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> kill him. Shingles! I was yeah. going to say IBS, but that's hard. Hi, what's your question? Hi, um, I'm super nervous about Oh, 
I have a new one, the, the Christmas song uh, that we just sang at this oh, yeah. year's uh, Christmas episode. Quickly Light? Yes, that, that's the latest <laughs> new one. Yeah, that is a good one. It's a good one. I feel like it's the next one. It hasn't come out yet, though. No, it came out last Christmas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Um, I would say for me, it's toss up between uh, the Snake song. <laughs> Bad 
way. Like that we were ma I was making a scene <laughs> that I shouldn't have been uh, doing and uh, he wanted to point out that he was a big fan. <laughs> Coming to like intercede like that. You can't hit your kid in an airport. <laughs> but I was, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, he's out the huge fan. I couldn't help him. I'm your voice. I know, because I'm yelling at a kid. <laughs> but thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Lauren, for reminding me. <laughs>
love doing this show. We feel lucky and fortunate to do it, and we are so, so happy to see you guys this every year. Come on.